podcasts do right <laughs> all right am i shouting no it's oddly quiet this this is the different mic okay i think this one you gotta get right up on top of it some mics we you should probably it. all talk right on top of it instead of yeah back here yeah like no because i'm eating i'm gonna sit way back here <laughs> all right well, let's let's kick this thing off and then we can um either lean into or lean away from our mics depending on whether we're eating or not that's not me, for the record, in case you didn't know. Yeah. We're doing a radio recreation of Legend of Bog, Boggy Creek. <laughs> yeah, with its, with its top-notch audio. Listeners, you are listening to Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. This is a podcast where some friends talk about a horror movie. Friends who are not professional critics. We, those friends, will spoil said movie. And uh, recently watched, Ziggy, are you going to spoil any recently watched? No. Okay. I don't watch anything. Jolian, you going to spoil anything? Uh, yes. Okay. Will? Probably. Okay, I'm not. I'm Probably. Not, I'm not going to spoil anything. So when you hear Will talking, skip forward. <laughs> I don't know. If you don't want to learn things about stuff without watching it first. Um, thank you to the Moon Race for giving us that song. Intro Creature Features at the top of the show. Find their music on Amazon if you want to buy it. Wait, Amazon or iTunes? It's not. See, I stumbled because it's called Apple Music now. Oh. So find it on Amazon or Apple Music if you want to buy it digitally. And say hello to them on Facebook where they are the Moon Dash Rays. And we are just chewing the scenery. Dash Rays. (laughs) (laughs) We should just change it to that. Chewing the scenery, Dash Rays. I think they should all be Dash Rays. Yeah, it's like dot .com, except, uh-huh. you know. Dash race. Yeah. That would, you know, that would be a great 1950s, like, tough guy name. Hey, Dash I'm, Ray. I'm, I'm Dash Ray. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Thank you for that song. Anyway, Moon Rays. Um, outside of that, uh, I think we covered it. Uh, we are into Women in Horror Month. Ziggy, you are a young woman who is into horror, and yes. you are an aspiring writer. You have, I am. You have written things. Yes. Are you going to keep writing things? Yes. We're actively writing things, which is Good. so much fun. Listeners, I promise she will get closer to the mic when she finishes her tots. <laughs> Don't say it like that. The no, tater tots. They're crowns, actually. They're not tots. They're not tots. What no. the no, hell? They're, What's they're, the diff? Oh, they're, they're flat. They're, they're more coin-shaped. Yeah. Rather than tot-shaped. I thought they were shrimp. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, do that. I just pull up here eating a shrimp. Yeah, why not? <laughs> a plate of shrimp. Well, I saw the French fries too. Yeah, French fries and shrimp. Yeah, she's got a complete meal there. Yeah, you got all the food <laughs> you groups. Can't represent- just have shrimp. Yeah, you got the food groups represented. Yeah. Um, carbs and salt. Yeah, ketchup. All that. Yeah, that's a vegetable. Okay, so we're gonna talk about. 
recently watched. <laughs> did, you, did you like how, how I, for effect, I paused that nicely? Yeah. We're going to talk about... Leave this house. Recently watched. So, who wants to start? <laughs> Will, do you want to start with recently watched? Jolien, do you want to start? I know Ziggy's not ready. Go for it. I could do a book. Yeah. Uh, I finished reading uh, Jinja Ito's adaptation of uh, No Longer Human. Uh, it's based on the novel uh, Ningen Chikaku by uh, Osamu Dazai. And it was uh, it's like a classic of Japanese literature. Uh, he finished writing it shortly before he committed suicide. It's a very jolly read. Oh, boy. 612 pages of misery, madness. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, yeah, it's excellent. It's the most horrifying Jinji Ito manga I've ever read. Okay. Which is saying something. You kind of just glossed over that, and I think we need to back that up. How did he commit suicide? Uh, him and his lover jumped in a canal. Oh, so there were no sharp blades to the, to the uh, abdomen? No, there were not. <sighs> okay. So it's the, you sound disappointed. <laughs> this was 1948. Oh, okay. Be- yeah, because no that, professional samurai at the time. Okay, okay. But not that that wouldn't happen still, right? It's happened since, hasn't it? Modern modern day, uh, 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 they call it juicy uh, lovers' suicides. They uh, jump in volcanoes, hmm. etc. That's a horrible way to go. So the book, though, was was really really. Uh, well illustrated. Oh yeah, it's uh, yeah excellent. Um, so if you want that much horror and misery, then it, I recommend it. What is it about? Five hundred pages. Six hundred and twelve. Wow, that's a that's a lot of manga. Then <laughs> um, I I watched. Uh, oh yeah yeah. Um, that book I did the cover for the. Uh, oh cool. Winter special of Wings Chop. Ooh. Uh, just got my copy of that. Very nice. Um, I did a Snow Woman cover for that, Yuki Ona. It's a nice wraparound cover. Um, or is it? Is it a wraparound? Yep, yep. Cool. So it's her in the front, and then you flip to the back, and it's three flash-frozen bandits. I guess they won't do that again. <laughs> or four. Actually. Who is Wang? Wang's chop. Uh, this is named after Wang Wang, uh, who is this... Uh, <laughs> so nice they named him twice. Filipino... Uh, oh, you've you've seen this. Uh, this is uh, he was the star of this movie called For Your High Only. Um, he's like he's like this guy who's like fully grown. He's like about two and a half feet high. Oh, okay, and I he, know who you did this kind about. of James Bond movie yes. called For Your High Only. Um, and they've made a documentary in search of Weng Weng. Hmm. Um, but yeah, that, that's the Weng from who it is named. Oh, cool. So I don't think I, I don't think I've seen that the. the uh... The, the James Bond parody. Yeah, it's the one where he uh, he, he he jumps off a building holding an umbrella and <laughs> <laughs> and it actually works. Yeah. <laughs> Unlike when you try that as a kid and it doesn't work. Now you're younger, Ziggy. You probably more recently tried that one. Oh, umbrella as a parachute. No. You never tried it. No, I've done it in Kirby though. What? 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 Kirby, the what? video game. Oh, uh, don't know it. You. <laughs> you look at me with such disgust. <laughs> I'm disappointed. Uh, I watched uh, Joker from last year. Did yeah, you see that one? No, no, not yet. How was it? Uh, I really disliked it. Uh, <laughs> like, not like. Have you seen the Joker? I've movie? seen parts of it. Oh. I watched a like YouTube video about the like acting and the aesthetics yeah. like in it by the director, um, but I haven't seen it yet. 
Yeah, the photography and the acting is really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a really good looking movie, but I just really disliked its, yeah, the, the, the script, really. Ooh. Um, is it true that it can't decide whether it wants to have the style of the 70s or be in the 70s? Uh, well, it's obviously uh, like uh, taking its cues from Taxi Driver and uh, mm-hmm. um, King of Comedy and French Connection. Um, I mean, it's got Robert De Niro in it just to. Yeah. I mean, it's just so blunt and uh, it's just using actual crimes and classic movies to make itself into an important movie uh, like a serious movie but so it's but it's about the Joker yeah it's about the Joker so uh, <laughs> I'm um, it doesn't say anything it's just using really serious stuff to make itself yeah important and it's kind of um, it's calculated and mm. um, you know if it if they made, uh, I was watching it. I thought if it was as if they made um, V for Vendetta just as a vehicle to sell masks. Oh, you know, it's just like not, not really saying anything. It's just using yeah controversy to sell itself. Really, um, I also watched uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, okay. I love that movie. Yeah, I so loved much. It. Yeah. Oh, I'm I've so seen glad. it twice now. So good. Yeah, I've seen it about four times now. <laughs> and that, and that also takes like That's actual okay. crimes. And uses it in a fantasy, mm-hmm. but it's it's upfront about it. it's a fantasy about mm-hmm. the end of Hollywood and taking yeah. revenge on the people who killed Hollywood. Yeah, um, yeah. Just hearing you talk about the Joker there, and I've not seen it, but the uh, the crime aspect, I was wondering what you would think of. Yeah, once upon it, a time, that's like taking the, the. I think the Joker is like the Central Park Five. Okay, and then the who's the guy that shot people uh, on the subway? Stan uh, Gatz or yes, something. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just taking them and then, uh, and then, makes the Central Park Five a bunch of black kids. Oh, and then and then makes the Subway one him shooting a bunch of yuppies. Yeah, so it's kind of taking the, it's just playing with the mm. race thing. It's just so cynical. Mm. Um, uh, there's a Wolfen poster in it though. A what? At Wolfen? Yeah. Wolfen? Yeah. yeah. Wolfen. Wow. Cool. Um, that that made me smile. <laughs> um. Oh, I saw a really good uh, film noir called uh, Try and Get Me, a.k.a. The Sound oh, of Fury. Yes. Oh, so good. Oh, the ending of that. Oh, my God. Is that the one where the guys are in jail? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So it's based on the same story as uh, Fury. Yeah. Um, this one's... Which was based on an actual Yep, based case. on the uh, Brookhart kidnapping and lynching from 1933, yeah. where they, like, the mob bust in the jail and hung the guy. Yeah, um, and and that footage was used by Joseph Goebbels to show how Americans are a bunch of oh I don't bloodthirsty mob happy people, which yeah. is completely untrue. <laughs> which is completely <laughs> untrue. Well, at least it was in that day. Um, yeah, that's really hard hitting stuff. Uh, oh yeah, all right. Let's get down to it. Uh, so Mary from last year, um, starring Gary Oldman. From the writer of The Shallows. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one is a Bermuda Triangle movie, which I was really pleased to see. Wow. They he So but the basic setup, really simple. Family who are having difficulties get on the dad's yacht, sail out into the Bermuda Triangle. The yacht is cursed. Mm. There's a witch's curse through this figurehead that's been put onto the yacht. Um, that old story. Yeah, and... 
And in the 70s, this would have made an entertaining hour and a half. But in 2019, um, they just make it really... It's two and a half hours long. <laughs> it feels really long. It's like... Um, uh, it starts at the aftermath, so you know who survives. Uh. Then it goes... She's she's taken to the police interview, and then it reveals what, uh, what happened to a couple of the other characters. And then... From the interview, she starts telling the story, and then it goes to a flashback she wasn't present for. Then it goes into her own flashback, which includes stuff she wasn't present for. And then it cuts, keeps cutting back to the interview. And uh, it's just like, why are you making this so convoluted? Yeah. Um, uh, the production side of this movie, it, it took uh, three Lumpkins. Three Lumpkins? Yeah, three three people named Lumpkin. All right. <laughs> um, the... Uh, <clears throat> I noticed the casting directors are the same name as two of the women in the movie. Huh. Um, <laughs> one of whom is Mary. And, of course, she's the, 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 the youngest daughter who's into drawing. And, of course, at some point she gets out the black crayons and starts making sinister pictures. Mm. You, know, you know that one? No, that's a new one. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I uh, also noticed uh, uh, Scott Lumpkin uh, is uh, one of the producers of um, Doctor Sleep. Ooh. Does producer really necessarily mean anything, though? It can mean it can mean something significant or nothing at all. Uh, well, executive producer can is pretty vague, but producer they're actually putting it together. Yeah, yeah, they're actually doing something concrete. Yeah, supposedly. Uh, I saw Parasite Two D oh. from uh, last year. It's fantastic. Yeah, I want to see this. Have you seen one. that one? Not yet. I really want to though. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Bong Joon Ho movie um director of a host yeah i was gonna say he did the host um so, so you know what this one's about no i don't so there's this uh family called kim who are poor and they're, they're literally living in this semi-basement and they can like their their window is just like ground level on the street and, okay and that guy like urinates outside the window every night and, mm. um and uh but they um the son uh, his friend has been teaching English to this daughter of this really posh family. They live in this beautiful, like, modern house up in the hills. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, the house alone is just gorgeous. I love it. Um, nice. The, uh, uh, so he's he's brought in as an English teacher, and then he realises that he can replace all the other servants in the house with his own family, but they all have to pretend not to know each other. Oh, okay. So it's kind of it's really funny, and it's suspenseful. But it gets really dark. Although they're Ooh. all named Lumpkin. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, there's a very bloody climax. And then there's this like kind of coda to it, which just winds up and hits you. Oh, okay. <laughs> if you like this one, I recommend uh, The Handmaiden. And it also reminded me a lot of Us. Hmm. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. Um, you know, you literally got people who from underground from below coming up and you know what's really taking nice? over this family. What's really nice about the packaging? That... that uh, that Rotten Tomatoes that logo. That big old tomato again. Yeah. Spoiling the cover. And yeah. Just sticking right on yeah, there like a big yeah, greasy thumbprint. Yeah, you got your really classy movie and there's a big cartoon tomato on it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, I think that's what I saw. Ziggy, you want to talk about your recently watched? Um. Yeah, sure. I think it's pretty short, honestly. Um, Too much school stuff going on? <clears throat> yes, a lot of school stuff Too going much on. writing. You're a junior now. I am... Wow, senior life is right around the corner. Oh, yeah. You can move into a senior living community. <laughs> <laughs> That's the walker. goal. That's the goal. 
So what what have you watched? Um, I watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood again. I absolutely love that movie. I oh, that's I think awesome. It's so good. Well, I saw it with my grandma um, last summer. Like, yes. Yeah. And it was crazy because she had like an entirely different experience than I did with the movie because I guess like she knew more of what was going on and I just didn't. I had no oh, idea until like, yeah. after. And she was like, you know, these are real people, right? And then mm. I was like, oh, and I put it all together. And some of the people actually represent other people mixed in with the mm-hmm. representations of actual people. Mm-hmm. Now, it, it could be a little probably off-putting to somebody who is like, wait a minute. That was Well, she was just like really scared the whole time like waiting for like the actual real life events to yeah. unfold because like it's tarantino like he'd do that right we wouldn't be surprised if he had but i was just vibing because it was good i really liked it mm-hmm. um which for me says a lot because i'm not a big like tarantino fan and you're not a big fan of the 70s or the, the that era are you i like the fashion a lot God, smart wow. kid. so much Gosh, after smart. i saw that this movie awesome. i made a whole pinterest board of outfits that i could possibly oh, rock nice really oh yeah that is awesome you got a vision board mm-hmm, i do it's I like a dream it. board I of collage stuff this is great no but i absolutely loved it um so i watched that again during school <laughs> <laughs> during school is this because some jerk gave you a, a download yes. code and it's on some device yes. that you could watch during you class and that. <laughs> that's awesome yeah that mm-hmm. was courtesy of will by the way yeah listeners thank you very much we've, we've been giving our you're our, welcome our, our digital download I, codes to ziggy yes yeah, you know, i wondered all to me please i wondered what you would what you would think of it i wondered what somebody who wasn't mm-hmm. aware of the manson mm-hmm. killing i mean you know yeah. but maybe watching that movie if you didn't really know that before going in, I wondered how much someone would get out of yeah. that. Yeah, no, I caught on kind of, but not really because I didn't know all the details. I just knew that it happened. So like that last scene, like the big fight scene, I was just like, fuck yeah. Because like, he was yeah. just beating the shit out of people like high of his ass. I was like, Brad Pitt, I love you. But my grandma was like really enjoying it. And I was yeah. like, Sandy, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, whoa. Yeah, um, I remember when, the, when the, there's that time jump and it clicks over to August. You, your heart just drops. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you, it's just... I didn't know what he was going to do. No. No, I had no idea. And it's so cathartic. Yeah. At the end. And uh, I love how, you know, it's all set up, at least in my mind, for the blowtorch at the end. The oh, flame yeah. Flamethrower. Because it's in the garage when he goes to... Uh, when Brad Pitt goes to fix the antenna. It's sitting there. Yeah. I mentioned I've got it in the garage and then... You forget about it. Mm-hmm. And then it comes out at the end. And you're like, oh, Tarantino, <laughs> I love you. Yeah. No, it was when I was watching it. So the guy that plays Tex is Austin Butler, who I love because he's been in like teen shows. And I'm like, oh, I love you. So when I saw him, I got so excited. And my grandma was just like, no. She was like, stop it. And I was stop like, it. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. And then she explained on the way home. And I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, what a horrible person Tex Watson actually was. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least what horrible things he did at the uh, behest of Charles Manson. Yeah, that, that hairdresser guy who's standing at the gate at the end, mm-hmm. that's about where he was killed in real life. Oh. Tex killed him. Oof. That's oh, so crazy. Yeah, the the true story of uh, of the Tate LaBianca murders, as they're known, mm-hmm. is just horrifying. Yeah. The, it, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll jokingly use the term hippie ripper, but uh, that's kind of... How the um, how the notion of murderous hippies kind of got into the uh, sort of the the mentality of Americans. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, they're not just a bunch of peace creeps. They're 
they're now they're violent. You know, yeah. ever, ever since you know, I think the the event was um, that uh, the music uh, uh, music festival in California, the um, Altamont. Altamont. Altamont Altamont Raceway uh, concert. Yeah, and uh, I know somebody, oh, two people who are actually at the thing. Oh yeah, they didn't see what happened. Yeah, no, I mean, but yeah, how would you know? No, like a just a, a dust up in the crowd, and all of a sudden someone was dead. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that I think that was maybe the event that they could see. Maybe you shouldn't pay Hell's Angels and beer for security. <laughs> you know, there's a <laughs> maybe that was a bad idea. It's a good rule for living. Yeah, you know, just don't hire them for stuff like that. <laughs> uh, what else? What um, else you seen? I watched Midsummer. Mm. How'd you like it? I haven't, I, seen, I haven't seen it yet. I, I, don't, I don't know anything about it. You, you didn't, didn't care for no. it? No. So one of the like, one of the people behind that movie also did Hereditary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I hated that movie so much. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, which sucks because everybody's like, it's so good. You should rewatch it. And I don't want to. Give it time. What, what did you like? What did you dislike? Well, I went in. My friend and I were movie hopping. So we just saw that it was playing and we were like, let's go. It's a horror movie. <laughs> And I didn't do, like, any, like, research at all. I didn't, like, know what it was going to be, which I think was probably my fault because I was expecting it to be, like, one kind of thing, you know? I was like, this is demonic possession or she's gone crazy or ghosts or, you know, like, I was expecting one of those things, but it was kind of, like, all of them combined. And I just didn't, I was like, no, this isn't what I want. I want not that. (laughs) And so I like horror that, like, makes you think, but I like when it makes you think in, like, a given direction. And I felt like both Midsummer and Hereditary did this thing where they were like, what you going to do now? Like, how do you feel? <laughs> and I was like, no. You don't like that? No. I, I, I liked the aesthetics of Midsummer a lot. It was very pretty. Yes. And I yeah. thought it was good in that, like, I was engaged the whole time. But it ended and I was like, eh, screw that movie. Okay, onward. Don't, you know? I, I, I know I've seen some films expecting something and then I've kind of disliked it. Because it's different to what I was expecting, mm-hmm. but that's. But then I think about it and I think, oh, I, I didn't give it a, a chance. You know, yeah, I rewatch it and it, it's good. I think. I mean, I just wasn't expecting what it was for Hereditary, but it wasn't that it just like wasn't my expectations. I was just like, I don't know how I feel about this, and I think that's the point, and I don't mm. like that. Okay. Ah. You know, mm. like it was that weird kind of like ambiguity at the end of like. Eh. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't even know like the words for it. It was just kind of like I, there. I, I'm trying to understand that. When I walked out of Midsummer, I was unsure if I liked it or not. And my wife and I were like, "Was that even a horror movie? What was that?" Mm-hmm. But it stuck with me, and yeah. I kept thinking about it. Mm. And sure. the more I thought about it, the more I liked it. I like Midsummer more because it definitely speaks to like more solid like points. I think like it has the like the importance of, like, family and then, like, uh, feminism and all those good things. For Hereditary, though, it, like, started down one path, and then it was like, no. (laughs) It was like, no. And just kept, like, turning, and I was like, wow, I want something to focus on. I could see that. Uh, Yeah, I'll talk about a movie I watched this week that uh, I felt kind of did that. Yeah. Um, If you're done with... Um, I think that's about it. Did Did you binge all that new Sabrina? I haven't seen that show. At all? Uh-uh. None of it? Nope. Okay. Never mind. I've gotten really into, like, <laughs> like uh, there's a whole, like, subcategory of, like, Netflix originals that are, like, from Spain that I didn't know existed. Hmm. And I've started watching those, and I honestly can't stop because, like, one, I love, like, the Spanish language and culture. Like, I'm fascinated. But also, like, 
they do things that American TV would never do. Good. It's, I, so much, I was like watching some things and I was like, this is basically soft porn. I was like, this would never. Fly on American TV. Yeah. Because it's not like, I mean, eh. Yeah. But it's not just like women being like titties. It was like everything. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, this isn't allowed. <laughs> like I was watching this show. It's basically like the Spain version of like Riverdale, but like so much better. Hmm. And like the first episode, there's like a threesome, like right out the gate. I was like, whoa, whoa, when, whoa, hello? <laughs> so yeah, a little. that's a little reminder that we are such a shame-based culture. Oh, yeah. Here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And even like the stuff with like drugs and like just violence like everything was so in your face and i was like this is what i want (laughs) it sounds like my friend who uh watched a lot of italian tv because it was really racy yeah it was just like oh my god i can't believe they put this on tv and he said he almost flunked out of his architecture (laughs) school because he'd stay up so late watching tv it's fascinating and i'm like trying to work on like my fluency and stuff in Spanish, so it's like a win-win. I'm able to tell my parents that I'm trying to learn Spanish, and they can't hear what they're saying because they can't speak the language. So oh, I get away with the saying perfect. some racy stuff, and they don't know. <laughs> I heard that's the best way to learn. Yep, get we're, into we're a, trying. A, you know, a telenovela or something. Mm-hmm. Oh and yeah, my, my, I've got Japanese friends who're studying English, and they want me to send them like the the you know books of dirty jokes and things like that oh nice yeah <laughs> it's the most fun to translate yeah yeah oh that's great so well, you, i've been watching a bunch of those uh, you look at uh, like uh, um art house cinema the history of art house cinema uh and you know it, it got really big in the 50s and it wasn't because like americans suddenly decided oh we want to see something really intellectual it's because brigitte bardot was taking her clothes off <laughs> yeah so uh, yeah, you knew that like if something's labeled European, yes, yes, definitely, they could see way more than they could in a Hollywood movie. So mm-hmm. and like not even that, like also like American TV now, especially it's marketed towards teens. I find is very gimmicky and like not really plot driven, but just kind of like plot point driven. You know, where they need like right. this that has to happen and then this. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense, and I hate that. But Spain Spanish television. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm going to have to watch some Spanish television. Go for it. Yeah, we'll have to get a recommended viewing list from you. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like my taste might be a little, like... That's all right. Different, but okay. You you know, I think having a a broader view is probably good for any of us. (laughs) That's... I mean, honestly, um, like, there are people who just want to stay in their comfort zone, in their little bubble. And how do you ever get anything cool or new if you don't mm. kind of break outside of that sometimes and i think you've done that that's really cool do you watch uh, spanish horror movies um sometimes my problem is i still have to like read captions because i'm not fully fluent yet yeah and with horror i like to distract myself i got ketchup on my nose <laughs> no with horror i like to distract myself because i do get scared very easily so I'm usually like on my phone or something while watching, and I can't do that if I'm reading. Okay. Like it demands too much of my focus, and then I get very scared. So. Well, there's not that. Often. So, um, is that kind of it for your recently watched? Yeah. Will, do you want to go? Yeah, I watched uh, uh, Kill Bill again. Oh, nice. Both both volumes. Yeah. All in one go. Uh, and then I watched a movie called Sorry to Bother You, mm-hmm. 
uh, which you were talking about um, uh, heredity twisting yeah. and turning and having maybe too many ideas. That was my problem with this movie. It was really sort of interesting, but it just kept going and going and turning and twisting. And then you get horsemen at the end. Spoiler. Horsemen? Horsemen. Equestra okay. sapiens. Equestra sapiens. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, interesting film. I don't know that I liked it, but yeah. I'd rather watch an interesting film I might not like than mm. Doctor Sleep. <laughs> Doctor Sleep. Yes. Let's let's go into Doctor Sleep. Oh well, we have to ask what you watched. Oh, we'll get that. Was that all you've watched though? Uh oh, we watched Mrs. Maisel. Mrs. Doubtfire. No. Season three. <laughs> okay, how was that? It's pretty good. Yeah, is, Lenny, like is Lenny Bruce still alive? Yes, Lenny Bruce is still alive. Okay, that's good. I wonder what Lenny Bruce would think of the show. They had a f- sort of romantic episode between him and and Mrs. Maisel. Yeah. Uh, it was just like a Lenny Bruce love story. That's, I don't know, kind of sick. Yeah. <laughs> what would he think of that? Hmm, it's hard to say. You know? Yeah, he's I not. keep waiting for him to do heroin, but... Yeah, that's that's poor a, Lenny Bruce. You should see the Spanish version. Yes, <laughs> I should. The all nude Spanish version. <laughs> well, if that's uh, if that's kind of it for your recently watched, hey, let me grab my list. Mm-hmm. Grab Ca- my list. Cats, Doolittle. You, know, no. you watched cats? <laughs> so cats? No, oh, I'm, no, see I'm that. just kidding. It's like I might have to beat the shit out of you. <laughs> uh, you know, I, will... I am going to watch the hell out of cats. Yeah, oh, no. I, I think I think it's going to be a necessary thing. No. Shrooms yes. and cats. Okay, listen. The cats concept art, it was going to be animated in 2D animation, and the concept art was so cool. And they're like, no, 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 no. Let's take Neo and make him half cat. Yeah, sure. That's not what we want. So here's a question before I get into my recently watch. Ziggy, are you familiar with any of the famous UFO abduction stories? The, no. Okay. So you don't know about Fire in the Sky, which is the story of Travis Walton? Mm-mm. Okay. So in 1975 in Snowflake, Arizona, there were some loggers who were out on a job site and they were coming back home and it was after nightfall because it had been a long work day. Mm-hmm. And they saw what looked like red or orangey light. It looked like fire. And they were like, uh-oh. We was could it be in lo-. the sky? It w- well, it turned out it was. Um, but they uh, they thought they were coming around the bend to a forest fire, and they were going to have to figure out where to go and what to do. Mm-hmm. They come around the bend, and it is not a forest fire. It's some weird light in the sky, a fire in the sky, if you will. Um, and one of the guys gets out oh, of the truck. Still, still talking about cats? Yes, yeah. <laughs> so so the, the big cat of the bunch gets out of the truck and goes over and is looking at this weird event and all of a sudden a sort of shaft of light hits him and starts to lift him up and his friends kind of freak out he suddenly is gone with this apparent spaceship wow now when they get back to town finally everyone is like where's travis what's going on and they're all freaking out and they're telling the same story they're separated and interrogated they all tell the same story they they saw this thing happen and travis is gone People started thinking they there's some sort of a disagreement, maybe about money they or something, and they killed him and buried him in the woods. And five days later, a dehydrated, naked, confused Travis Walton ends up in a phone booth and calls one of the guys to come get him. And that's where 
the whole thing gets really crazy as he starts to tell the story of the um, the eye needle poking mm. butt poking aliens <laughs> and all the things that they would do to you mm. on their ship. Uh-huh. Well, Fire in the Sky takes some liberties with the story and goes some different directions and they do some things to make it more interesting. And of course, they cast it with people maybe you've seen in other stuff. And that came out, I think, 93, the movie Fire in the Sky. Well, now, in, in more recently, 2018, there is a documentary called Travis, the true story of Travis Walton. And so you get a lot of interviews with the people who were actually involved with this story. And um, it's super interesting. So if you like UFO stuff, this is a really good documentary. It's 45 years after the event. Nobody's changed their story. They all pass polygraph tests. And they're just, I mean, these were like rough, you know, like kind of redneck blue collar dudes they have no reason to be like making up stuff so i tend to give will knows this i tend to give the benefit of the doubt to the ufo people the <laughs> ufo people yes I, I know this too yes yeah i feel like this seems believable <laughs> so then maybe less believable depending on who you ask because you i think people put these things in a certain order like what's most believable to least believable like if you had to take the five or six main things and put them in order what order would you put them in and i don't know like for me i, I probably i should do this test myself but bigfoot's among them uh of course bigfoot's among them among um, them for you it's you see in the natural world it's more likely that there's a wood ape running around who we just happen not to have ever seen it's more likely than people making it up um, no, no, I'm saying it's more likely that a Bigfoot would be running around the woods than a, a, space, than a UFO, than a spaceship comes down. Oh, yes. Oh, okay. Because it could exist in the natural world. And we know this because we have apes and things like that have existed. Yes, they have existed and they could maybe still, it's, it's unlikely, but anywho, there's a lot of people who've seen a lot of things and, um, this whole culture of of stuff has emerged around the concept of a Bigfoot or other names they give it. So there's a documentary called Cultured Bigfoot. Cultured Bigfoot. <laughs> it's, it's he a goes yogurt. to wine tastings. He's got a pipe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got a smoking jacket and a pipe. And he's like, <laughs> you see. Nessie, truth or not. <laughs> so this is a um, this is on Amazon Prime. So if you feel like watching oh, this. Oh, this is good. This is about the, the, sub, <laughs> the subculture within the subculture of people who are into the whole uh, Bigfoot hunting or Bigfoot admiring groups, uh, people who go to conventions and talk about Bigfoots. Um, man, a Bigfoot convention. Yeah, they're out there. Why are man. you whispering? It's so scary. I'm just trying to eat my fries and I just hear you like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> please stop. Don't touch the fries. So, um, so... Other than the famous story of um, Travis Walton and the what, and Bigfoot and and in the sky, <laughs> the Bigfoot in the sky, <laughs> there's a uh, a short um, documentary, 21 minute long documentary called The White Mountain Abduction. This came out in 2005. This is about the 1961 abduction of uh, Betty and Barney Hill. Now, I, when I heard their names the first time, I thought, is this kind of like Bert mm. and Ernie? You know, Betty like, and Barney. But did the Flintstones, Flintstones come out yeah. after this? No, they, they were before 60s, that. They? Well, they were in the 60s, early but 60s. I thought they came out in the late, late 50s. 50s. I'd have to look mm-hmm. that up. But but those were common names back then. A guy would be named Barney and a woman would be named Betty. So um, they were driving through the White Mountains of New Hampshire and experienced a UFO um, sort of abduction. This is a first abduction. 
This is the first recorded one, yes, that anyone went on record with saying, hey, not only did I see a, a flying saucer, but they yanked me up inside there and, you know, needle in the eye, thumb in the butt, whatever it is they do to you in their ship. Yep. <laughs> they kick you out. They try, to erase, <laughs> they try to erase your memory. <laughs> so they're so, like intergalactic frat brothers. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. <laughs> um, and then the funny thing about it is because of the title Fire in the Sky... There was a suggested viewing on Amazon, uh, which was about the Aurora Borealis. So I watched a documentary about the Aurora Borealis, or Northern Lights, as they're known. Uh, This is a PBS documentary from 2012 called Aurora, Fire in the Sky. And it's a visual journey across some different places where it happens. But there's also um, a a pretty good deep dive into um, ancient mythology surrounding it from different cultures. Uh, then we watched the morning show on Apple TV, which is that, um, Jennifer Aniston and, uh, Steve Carell thing. Apple TV. Yeah. We, no. Well, we ended up with Apple TV because of, if you enable some device to do something, poof, you have Apple TV. Uh-huh. And for work, we do have, uh, Macs. And of course I have one right here. This show is edited on a Mac. So you watched Apple TV, like an Apple TV original. You can watch it on... No, um, no, no. You did. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and did. how do you feel about it? I don't feel any different than any other content I watch any other way. In fact, um, I had to ask, what are we watching this on again? Because I didn't remember. It's all the same shit. Like all these streaming platforms and all these different things, they're all the same thing. And then we watched a couple episodes of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, uh, which just dropped Part recently. Three. Mm-hmm. It is season three or chapters, whatever, however they're divvied up now. So we did that. Um, anywho. Uh, and that's, you watched Dr. Sleep. I did watch Dr. Sleep. So mm-hmm. uh, there are a lot of positive reviews on this. Will, I'm going to guess yours isn't going to be one of them. Oh, uh, <laughs> boy. <laughs> Man, I've been itching to fight Dr. Sleep all week. <laughs> um did anyone else have a negative point of view about it yeah (laughs) oh good oh yeah ziggy did you dislike it i did and i i'm really sad about it too because like i read the book and i really love the book i love the books and i love the first movie for different reasons than i love the book i had high hopes and then i got halfway through the movie i was watching it last night i got halfway through the movie and i was just like I'm not even tired, but I want to go to bed. <laughs> like, I was just really bored, and I... <laughs> makes me so sad. But, yeah, I... I mm. Dr. Sleep. So, so, yeah. so what worked and what didn't? Those would be two questions I would ask, because, first of all, I have not read the book. I don't know how it fell short of telling the story. You should read the book. Okay. Um... Haven't I done this before? And you're like, no, I'm not going to read the book. And I'm no, like, read no, the that's book. not that's not what happened. But I think that's what happened. Mm, some version of that happened, but mm. not exactly that. That uh, happened. Yeah, when I finally have everything done and it's time to read, mm-hmm. there's not much time, and I'm really tired. Instead my, of my watching head, a documentary about my the head, Northern Lights, that my head hits the book. Read the book. Read the book on the Northern Lights. <laughs> yeah, that's visually dazzling. Yeah, text. Yeah, instead all text of... instead of photos. <laughs> so, other than kind of shaming shimmery. me for not having time to read, of course, of course, sorry. So, tell me what um, what worked uh, what worked about the book. 
So you'd read The Shining, you'd seen The Shining, then you read Doctor Sleep. Yeah. So for me, the book covers a lot, and I was wondering how they were going to do that because it's very like cerebral also, which they did with it chapters 1 and 2 mm-hmm. because of those fight scenes are entirely like in their heads, but they still made them like physical fight scenes. And I was like, okay, maybe they can pull off Doctor Sleep. And they kind of did. Um I just, it wasn't entertaining. I think the the book really had me because Danny's narrative, Dan's narrative, is so stressed and he's constantly being overcome with, like, the negativity and the the pain of his past and, like, all those demons and stuff. And in the movie, they couldn't really show that. You couldn't really get that tone constantly. So it was just him doing his thing and then dots were being connected you know instead of feeling that like pressure to figure things out and to solve it now like i felt when i read the book the movie was just like here here we are mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and i struggled with that i liked the movie aesthetically i thought it was really pretty and i think maybe i could enjoy it uh, separate from the book if i did that but even then like i didn't feel like it matched the first movie in like so, The Shining is a good movie. It's a liked movie and a popular movie, not because it goes with the book, because everybody hates that it doesn't go with the book, but because it's cool. You know, they have the carpet and the hedge maze, and we all love that, and that's why that movie is so popular. And I think they tried to do that with this one and just missed the mark because they just didn't have that it factor, I guess. I don't know. Well, yeah, there, there's definitely something about the world that Stanley Kubrick can build for you. And you could look at his other movies and say, mm-hmm. it's not just one point perspective and it's not just set decoration or lighting. It's it, There's a culmination of a lot of things, Kubrick as a director, and not just the director saying, point the camera at this and do it this way. It's also like micromanaging every single piece oh, of yeah. a thing. Um he builds a world Mm -hmm. and you live in that world and you feel immersed in it. You don't feel like you're just poking your head in and just having a peek at it. You feel like you're in it. Yeah. And that's where I think the, the spookiness of the shining comes in and, and the, um, the way you can identify with the characters and feel their, their fear and feel their hopelessness to escape this terrifying situation. It's getting more terrifying. That being said, um, I have to ask since you've read the book, this group, the the uh, the true knot, yeah, um, are I they? I thought just, it was the frayed knot. The frayed knot. No. <laughs> well, I'm afraid not. Um, are they described as psychic vampires in the book? Uh, I'm sorry, they're vapor vampires. Yeah, vapires. They're vaping orphan. Steampunks. So, they, so they just steam invented punks. jewel. That's they, it. Yeah, they've got yeah. they've no. got popcorn lung. No. Why are they dressed as the mission? So (laughs) I thought they did that actually really well. Because the the vibe that I got from that group in the book, I also got from them in the movie. And I was like, that's cool. They did. So like Rattlesnake Andy is Mm -hmm. 17 in the book. Okay. She's 13, 15, 15 in the movie. Right. Which is fine, except in the book. There's this weird romance thing between Rose the Hat and Andy. Okay. Which is just always there. Like, Rose the Hat has this weird, like, sexual, like, power that goes on with her. Sure. 
and I, I think they took it out, and I think it's okay that they took it out, because they, he, it was this weird kind of commentary on, like, lesbians, and I was like, I don't know how I feel about that, Stephen King. But they made her 15, and I was still kind of getting that vibe, and I don't know if that's just because I read the book, but I was like, you're hundreds of years old, and she is 15. Same so maybe Twilight. that was just me. Yeah, hey, we yeah. keep Same as that out of there. Interview with a vampire. Wait, she's not 15, though. She's like, well, hmm. almost legal. But there's, there's a huge age gap. She's almost legal. <laughs> <clears throat> Close enough. Anyway. Okay, but this character is—is is she in—is she strictly before she meets this group? Is she just in the business of, like, she thinks she's the only person like this, and she's in the business of taking down pedophiles? They took out her backstory. She's the first character introduced, really, I think. Okay. And they go on and on about her because, so like, her whole thing is that her dad like molested her for years and then eventually she just like snapped and killed him and did like she went crazy it was awesome okay and then she went out into the world and was like fuck all them men's yeah my work my work here is not done yet yeah and was basically catfishing and then killing him and yeah that that that's her whole thing and she's really important to rose's character as the book goes on but they didn't really put that in the movie rose is just kind of there and evil yeah i was like yeah because they said instead of a personality, they could give her a hat. She has you know, a hat in the book. It's such I'm a, sure, but that's all they did in the movie. Was yeah. like, give her a hat. They're like, she's a magician. I'm like, is it a magic hat? No. We don't know. It's just a hat. So It's just a hat. So I'm not the only one that found that to be a pretentious affectation. Oh, dear God. The issue, so when she gets like blown by Abra, like in the store, she's like blown away and she's knocked down. Mm-hmm. her hat goes flying and then some lady tries to pick it up and she freaks out she's like no and tries to like grab it first and like puts yeah. it on her head why why the hat doesn't mean anything it exactly do that's what confused me like the well, hat i, I guess... thought the hat would keep people out of your head nope people who had the shining but no it was lined in tinfoil it was because <laughs> stephen king thinks that hats are scary <laughs> maybe that's what he thinks yeah now could she have been a better character if she had a collection of hats that she wore at different times if they had kept the importance uh, no. of andy's like influence on her not in a weird like ooh, they're gay way but in a like andy's very much like the voice of innocence in the group and she's like hey maybe let's not and then before she's like fuck it all in you know and that affects rose and like their relationship is important if i'm remembering correctly okay and because they didn't have that rose is just kind of there and evil I don't know. And her relationship with Crow isn't as strong. Okay. Yes. Now, this this group, do, do you, they... You don't think she's a blindingly obvious reference to Roger the Hat, the Pink Floyd roadie on Dark Side of the Moon? <laughs> Ooh. Who keeps saying, I'm not frightened of dying. Give him a short, sharp shot. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta wonder. <laughs> um, we called her Hattie. <laughs> Hattie McHat head. Yeah. I think she could have had a collection of different hats. I think just having the one hat is kind of like that exhausting period of time where where um, Tom Petty wore that stupid Mad Hatter hat all the damn time. He just wouldn't stop it. <laughs> Made me think of that terrible Benny and June movie. Oh, yeah. Johnny Depp wore a hat, and that was, was all his character hat yeah, was I, a hat. I was just thinking of like the, the those kind of fancy shirts and that hat and the long hair just looks like late 80s golf. Yep. It made me think of uh, Gogo Bardello. It's kind yeah, of this bohemian yeah. gypsy 
wannabe thing going on. It's like, yeah, do you would you really dress like this if it weren't such a off the rack costume situation? Yeah, because I remember like seeing people who I thought organically arrived at their wardrobe, and other people who seemed like they were just putting it together and putting it on. Yeah, and they kind of felt like they were that. Mm-hmm. I thought her performance was really good. Yeah, it was, and that, uh, the, like, I was surprised that she could be, you know, she could put on that much uh, maliciousness with a little kid. Yeah, like with, with the girl at the start, Violet. Mm-hmm. I think that I think she only stood out because everybody else in the movie was asleep, <laughs> and I don't mean that as a pun, but everybody else in this movie was just. Ewan McGregor looked like he wanted to get it done. Keep his head down. Don't shine. Just get it done. That's who the fuck that was? Hang yes. on. What? Ewan yeah, McGregor. He was just really subdued. Oh, he was so subdued. I didn't put and it then together. you didn't know that was Patty. This is so important to was me. Only, on. only effective because she was chewing the scenery in what otherwise oh, was thought, a goofy uh, movie. Ab- Abra, both of those playing Abra are really good. Abra wasn't Abra too bad. Abra was so good. But, uh,. Movie. Ooh, you know who was really good also? Okay, my favorite, the best thing they did in this whole movie is when he goes into the hotel and he sits and gets a drink and it, the bartender, like Lloyd is Oh, his Henry dad. Thomas, yeah. yeah. Oh my God, that was so good. Because, mm, okay, the acting there also just slaps because he goes from being like Lloyd, you know, and we just see his hands to being like the dad Jack, and like yeah. the 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 character he takes on there, you can feel it like mm-hmm. instantly. And I was like, oh, that's good shit. Yeah. But then it's over really fast. And I was like, mm, do you know okay. who that, you know who that was? Mm-mm. It's a little boy from ET. Oh shit. Yeah. Uh, and circle. you know, what's crazy about that is Henry Thomas. Um, I didn't pick up that that was him. I thought they just cast a guy who had a, a resemblance to Jack okay. Nicholson from the seventies, mm-hmm. from, from the late seventies. Yeah. And, um, it's like, oh, well, they just got some guy that looked enough like Jack. Um, and holy crap, it's Henry Thomas. Yeah. I did not pick that up. And I walked right past Henry Thomas's autograph table um, at Horror Hound uh, last year. And uh, I mean, I know what his face looks like. I just saw him recently in person. Um, I didn't pick up that that was no, him at all. I didn't either. That was really cool. No, that was the best thing that movie did for me because like, the that was one of the things that they really like drew back to the book and the first book also with like his little rant about like taking your medicine and just like the kind of persona like it was so good i was like that was the one reference to the first movie and to everything else that i felt really made it um because some of those were really obvious and they just missed them like entirely made me so mad but Um, jolian did you feel like uh did you feel like we got to um jump back into kubrick's the shining pretty effectively did you feel fooled by the illusion no you didn't feel like you were in the the gold room or mm-hmm. the or that uh the big entryway where all the... the set dressing that, that you know physically it was all, it was all there it looked really good but you know, it just felt different the way that you know the lenses and the way the way it was shot it just felt smaller it just i just felt like i was watching a tv movie i felt like, like a... this whole movie was like that was watching a tv yeah. Movie. So if this had been made for TV and sold that way, maybe it would have... Yeah, three-part Netflix thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. if it was a three-part Netflix thing, I'd still yeah. hate it, but... <laughs> but it would have been better. But I could have stopped after the first one. 
<laughs> right. So yeah. it would have landed better, though. Uh, maybe. Because the, the last felt... part was the best part, though. Yeah, the, the, like, the first, the, like, basically the first third of it. Um, it's so slow. The I wasn't into it at all. The, the hero is so passive. He was just drifting along. And things just happen to him. And yeah. He's not doing anything out of his own agency. And so I was just not into it at all. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. And I was just thinking, so when, once Abra turns up, I think you should have started with her. Yes. She's really interesting. Uh, she's, a, she's a lively character. Mm-hmm. Um, she's dealing with all these things. You could just start with her. She's picking up on these other kids being killed. Yeah. Then she finds out about Danny being an actual person instead of like the figment of her imagination. Mm-hmm. And then she contacts him and he realized that that's Danny Torrance. Yeah, that would be good. And just get rid of most of that. You know, like good 40 minutes or so. It's oh, just yeah. Like, oh, God, yeah. This is not. And they did the, oh, they did the thing where he, he's like the first day of AA and then they jump ahead to the mm-hmm. to the end. And it just seems like you, you kind of. That was some conflict there that could have been. In the and book, they just he blow never it away. really goes to AA. He starts to, and then he's like, nah, fuck this. So, <laughs> yeah, because we want to see the struggle or the, well, or the failure. This is what I was talking about when I was saying that it's not like pressurized enough because, like, Danny's. So they don't start with Danny, they start with Andy, and that's important because she's interesting. Right. And then they, they call Danny in, and he's so disappointing because he's his father now. Mm. And. Also, I hate that they introduced the like him saying "take your medicine" and being the shit out of that guy. They introduced that too early. I was like, if you're gonna do tiebacks like that, you gotta wait. Yeah. They didn't. But the he no, no, no. his whole thing is that like things are happening to him and he's super passive and he doesn't know he's homeless and just wandering around. He doesn't know what to do, but he's like being dogged by memories and dreams and demons and all these things. And that's why like his floating around is so compelling in the book and in the movie they didn't have that they were just kind of like he's a bum sucks to blow i guess yeah until he finds this train and he's like my calling you know yeah like when when once he's in the hospice and he's he's he knows he can help people in the hospice they didn't spend long enough on that either yeah they didn't spend long enough okay here's the thing that pisses me off in the book in the shining there's this business with wasps wasps not the women the bugs and like jack sees them and gets stung a few times and then it's like they're not there right and it happens multiple times even though it's like a lesser part of the book kind of crazy scary like that freaked me out because i was like woo, you know because that's the first time something can hurt you that's not really there and then in the movie they didn't do that and i was like okay but then in the in the book of Dr. Sleep, right, he has this thing with flies, right? He sees flies when people are going to die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he mentions that. He mentions it at the end. Yes. That's such an important thing. And I thought they were going to do it at the hospice business because it scares the shit out of him. But he's like, right, I can help right. people with this. I can overcome it. And it's terrifying because there's a thing with the girl and her baby. And then he gets up and he looks at himself and he's covered in flies. And he's like, mm. fuck, what do I do? Mm-hmm. And it's like this big, tremendous fear ball and they didn't use it. And I was like, are you kidding me? Because that's a connection to not only, like, the book, mm-hmm. but also, like, the first book. Yeah. And if you're going to do the comparison between him and his dad so early on, why not do it in a meaningful way? But okay. Yeah, whatever it takes to just get through a movie. <laughs> I but, just, like, the suspense wasn't there for me. So. Oh, yeah. Until the last part. So I can say what, what I thought... Um, 
worked pretty well as far as casting and um, the delivery of of, uh, of the part was the guy they cast as Dick Halloran. Um, mm-hmm. He worked yeah, for me. Yeah, that was good. He was a little too much of a pedestrian that shows up in a few scenes, and I felt like he should have been more of this phantom character that would just be in your peripheral vision mm-hmm. or something. And that would have been really good. Yeah, and I don't know. How, yeah, yeah. And, I, like, and I, I liked him. Kind of, he, he turns into Jiminy Cricket in the movie, didn't he? <laughs> he kind yeah. of did, didn't he? <laughs> he was just like, "Hey, Doc, oh. I'm on your shoulder, whispering in your ear." Wait. Also, something that they do is they talk about how Abra's like, "Oh, Dan, you're a person. I thought you were just a voice in my head." And he's like, "Oh, I had Tony." And then they like kind of leave that. Right. I wonder if he'd had that like existential crisis of like if Tony was a real person because I think we as an audience had that, but briefly because they didn't like wait on I, it. I wondered it when he said yeah. that. Right. They didn't like think about it. He didn't process like nothing happened there. But I thought that would have been interesting because then he tries to talk to Tony, right? And he does that in the book, and I'm pretty sure he either almost gets a response or something where something happens, and you're like, whoa! And he's like, ah, it's crazy. But they didn't do that. So you remember, um, I don't know if you ended up watching The Bride, the one with Sting and Jennifer Beals. No. You remember in The Bride when it was just like, and we're going to Budapest. Yes. Hey, look, we're in Budapest. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. It was like. Because they were going to Prague from England. Right. And somehow they ended up in Budapest. This is kind of like that with The Overlook. It's just like, well, we're going to head to The Overlook and we're there. It just was a little too easy. Oh, they, they played no, the DSE, right? And recreated the road scene and the flying oh, over the lake. And yeah, they did they, that. They, just they added started snow. the movie with the same soundtrack that they started The yeah, Shining with. DSE, right? right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah, you what, know wasn't names. Wasn't it Wendy? <laughs> <laughs> who's, who's the composer? Wendy something. Then, oh, uh, so they did that, but then they here. didn't do that again. And Wendy I thought Carlos. They'd do, yes. I thought they'd do the sound when... Um, when they're shining, you know, this, the, the ringing that plays in the first movie. Okay. I was like, if they do that in here, that'd be awesome because it's the shining, but it's stronger, right? And that would be crazy scary. But instead, yeah. he's just chilling. And then she's like, hey, Dan. He's like, hey, oh. And that's it. And it's like, a, they do that slow heartbeat thing. Yeah, but that's not like. Make, make you feel nice and sleepy. But yeah. that's not as, it doesn't <laughs> do the same thing. I don't know. So the the but they go back to the overlook. The ease, the ease at which um, Rose the the hat haver mm. gets up there. I mean, there should have been some challenge to it. Somebody should have slid off the road. Something. And why does she physically drive up there? Right, she doesn't need to physically be there, does she? Mm-mm. In theory, that's fair. The way this psychic battle should should go, like no. maybe she's easier to fool if she's just astral projecting herself. They can't kill her then, though. Yeah, they yeah that's the, that's the, the contrivance. To... She has to be there physically for them to kill her, but she doesn't need to be there physically. Yeah. I, mm, my issue is, again, like a technical book thing because I'm totally a book purist. However, I do really like The Shining as a movie, but they do a critical thing at the end of The Shining where they don't blow up the Overlook, right? right. He freezes instead of blowing up the Overlook. Right. And they did that in this one. When I was like, oh, okay. Because he has to go back, right? And that makes sense. The, like, Danny doing it, doing what his dad would have done in the book, you know? Like, <clears throat> what happens in the book, right, is Jack gets so possessed, he forgets to, like, reset the boiler or something, and it builds up too much pressure, and he goes down to fix it, and then it blows up, and he dies there. That didn't happen, so now they can go back to the Overlook, and then that's how... Dan died. 
Like, that's cool. But also, not how it works. <laughs> you know, like, right, it's just right. kind of fundamentally and wrong. Also making it, I also wondered why, how Danny had learned to work the boiler. Oh, yeah. Because he See, just he walks never in knew. there and he, he does everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, he doesn't know. And it started right up. Yeah. Having yep. been abandoned yeah. <laughs> for 40 years mm-hmm. in yeah. a wet Colorado yeah, like mountain. Your cars do that all the time, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, Things like the... that didn't bother me. The, the thing that bothered me is the whole thing felt like a sci-fi channel X-Men. <laughs> you know, like... Uh, Instead of making The Shining, which in the in the movie, and I have not read the book, I'm only going off the movie. Um, the Shining was kind of a, a rare thing. Not it didn't seem like it was very explained. It was it was a minor part of I think the movie, and this they turned everybody into kind of a superhero, yeah, of sorts, and it just it, it felt like they were fighting CW vampires. <laughs> And uh, yeah. they were a, a shitty X-Men. It felt like if the Sci-Fi Channel decided to v- develop scanners into mm-hmm. a TV show, yes. but cut out any weirdness or any gore. <laughs> That's fair. And, uh, ooh, yeah. I thought they were scanners too, yeah. Yeah, it really, it felt like scanners for a part of it. And that's why I thought the hats were protecting them. And the, no, nothing. Nope. Yeah, they could have been lined with tinfoil or something. But it's like you need... You need somebody, you either need a cast that's going to chew the scenery, something that's going to push this over the top, because mm-hmm. it was just so bland. It was the mashed potatoes of movies. I think, <laughs> I think The Shining has, because it has this closeness that is terrifying, right? Yeah. And in the second, in Doctor Sleep, it's supposed to be that you still have that closeness, but it's all in your head, and that's even scarier scarier arguably yeah but how to get that on i think that's where they struggled to make it that like kind of cerebral like you can't escape it's everywhere like yeah. it's you yeah it definitely they happened. couldn't do it, that it as works much. in scanners if, have you seen the movie <laughs> oh yeah yeah so should. that's that one they're telepaths at war mm. so wherever they go that you know they're immediately yeah. they're, they're under threat everywhere they go mm-hmm. yeah no i think i think they tried to do that but because it covers so many years and it covers so much space physically mm-hmm. and so many different like mental planes also i think it's too much and that's where it fell short for me it didn't have that urgency that the book and that the first one had so in the novel do they do that kind of um um that where people go into the astral travel they the room flips no I kind of like that. I liked the visually. Room yeah. I didn't like her soaring through the sky and like. I don't know. I kind of like that. That was part I kind of yeah, liked. Most that visually was visually interesting. But yeah, finally something visually interesting because most of it was. But it a didn't TV fit show. with the rest. Right. True. It was yeah, entirely I'll agree, different. I'll agree. It doesn't. It doesn't fit because. If they were going to do that, they have to do that every time and or, step yeah, it up. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, that was really it though. That was the only part of the movie that I saw. It was like, oh, this is a movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a good visual. This is neat. It could have been more like The Matrix, and that would have worked for yeah. you. Uh, maybe, but then at the end, we got or, like a martial arts kind of fight, and that yeah. didn't work yeah. for me Inception. Either. They just yeah. have to go to one extreme instead of staying in the middle. I'm going to eat this. I'm sorry. <laughs> so do, do you want to say more about what you dislike? Oh, God, I could go on for hours. <laughs> yes. Wait, uh, what did you think about the baseball boy in that scene? Uh, everybody I read was really horrified by that scene. I think the kid did a good job but i didn't think it was that awful uh 
I've seen worse. I'm blasé about decapitations now, so no blood and a little screaming. Yeah. Uh, I thought I thought it was weird and off that uh, uh, Abra's dad dies, and she's like, ah, my dad's dead. Well, you, you know the history of black men in Shining oh, franchise. Yeah, I was waiting for him to die right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, black man in a Stephen King book. Not good, not good. You're going to be magical, then you're going to be dead. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, the same thing with uh, Billy. He shoots himself, and then it's like, oh well. But they also kind of made him like a weird superhero before they killed him, too. Yeah. He's supposed to be entirely normal. And then they. they... He's he's normal in the book. Mm -hmm. I I think maybe he shines like a little bit. suggests he's one of those who's got the shine, but he doesn't know it. Yeah, that's what I thought. He's supposed to be like. Suppressing the it? sidekick, mm. and then they were like, "He's gonna save the day for a little bit, and then just die." Mm-hmm. I was like, "Whoa, yeah, whoa!" His use is at an end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know. And then also they they take out most of the freight knots with uh, with uh, just deer rifles. I mean, it seemed mm-hmm. like they built them up and then they just I did killed like how them they so died, quickly. Though. That was cool when they like came like little mummy things and they're like poof. It looked like good, that. yeah. It did, looked good. Did yeah. the did the book talk about that? I don't remember. No. Does, does the book the go that, into like, how really uh, Danny knows how to fire a rifle? Mm-mm. He was pretty good with that. I don't that even was, remember. They were really good, I'm and they were taking sure. you know taking return <laughs> fire and not getting yeah, hit. No, I don't think he takes them out with guns at all. In from what I can remember, it's that he puts them in those boxes, and because they're such like they aren't people anymore, they're existing on like the intellectual like the astral plane yeah they struggle with that and so when he kills them in his head they die it's not a like pew pew you're dead oh okay i think i need to reread it it's been a while yeah so but i didn't remember that kind of like fight scene but the fight scene that they do have there like where they go that's the final fight scene destination in the book Mm because they don't go to the overlook right because it's gone right because it blew up yeah sorry um so the boxes um, mm-hmm. in the book, do you remember, does Dick Halloran turn him on to the idea of using these boxes? Mm-hmm. So that is what happens. Mm-hmm. And I loved all the scenes where they would cut to the row of boxes in like the hedge maze. Right. And they'd kind of like shake or like open a little bit. That was so good. And I was like, if only you applied what was like in those to stress, to put stress on Dan, you right, know, right. throughout. Right. So, so this uh, this is a uh, device that he uses later to release something to go after Rose, mm-hmm. and uh, so why did they have to go to the Overlook? Right. Why did you physically have to be at the Overlook? That is he could have just released them at any time. They could have come it's out yeah. because he didn't have to because the Overlook is technically gone. That's just not important. I think they just wanted to do that again. Oh, exactly. They That's... were like, you know, what would be fun. Let's go back. Yeah, you remember yeah, Ready I Player felt... One? That was really cool. Yeah, <laughs> I figured that was their only real idea. Was like, Fan what if there was a bad what ghost? What if a fight scene? And they had to take it to the Overlook and have the Overlook fight the bad ghost mm-hmm. or the bad vampire, the whatever she's gonna be. Yeah. She has a hat. That's what's important. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I hated all the throwback scenes to the first movie, but with different actors. That really pissed me off. I got it in the beginning because Danny and his mom, whose name I'm forgetting, Wendy, have aged up some. Yeah, because time has passed. But then when they go back to like Danny writing his little 
tricycle thing around. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, that's not him. That's not him. No. You have the footage. Just use it. Yeah. Because that's not him. The only footage so they reused was the elevator full of blood. Mm-hmm. Mm. Also, when the boiler explodes and everything catches fire, the blood comes in from the sides. And I was like, that's oh. cool as hell. And then I was like, mm, we're done. It does. Yeah. I didn't even see that. It's one shot. I thought it was just fuel. Mm. Okay. Maybe I'm stupid and wanted to make it smarter, <laughs> like the movie itself. Congratulations. But I thought it was blood, and I was like, that's cool as hell. You're stupid for trying to be smart, <laughs> for trying to think the movie is smart. Um, so the, the this stuff was truly, to the story, unnecessary, but important to everyone involved for the sake of fan service, it seems. Is that is that fair to say? Yes. You guys think that's mm-hmm. kind A lot of, of fan service. Yeah. But also not really... If you're like a devoted fan to either the books or the first movie, there's not enough to tie it together. This yeah, was a true. standalone movie that tried to like shoehorn that elbow in. Yeah, yeah. The Shining, yeah. and I was not impressed with that. No. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know the story of Doctor Sleep whatsoever before watching this. Oh, you maybe should have googled that. Well, you know, I just thought I'm going to go into this cold and just see what I think. And I thought, oh man, I bet the critics hated it, but a lot of people really liked it. You know what would be good for you? Reading the book. Reading the book? Sure, I'll get right on that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Thud, my head hits the book. Are you familiar with that Ruby series that um, Abra's into? Mm -mm. She's got those posters on her wall. No. Yeah, I don't know anything about that. Yeah, it's a a real show. US anime series. Oh, okay. I'm not familiar. Hmm. Okay. Do you watch any anime, Mm-mm. Ziggy? No? Mm-mm. Sorry, Milk Dog. She's I'm too like... busy watching Spanish television. Spanish television. Sp- Spanish <laughs> television. Once you discover Spanish television, anime is just old hat. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> old hat. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, Ziggy, your dad wears a lot of hats. My dad does wear a lot of hats, yes. What if he just wore one hat, like like Rose the Hat or Would you think, oh, I think it'd be endearing, maybe. Maybe? He does that with, like, three hats. Uh, yeah, like, but at okay. least it's three hats. But his personality isn't also entirely dependent on his hat. <laughs> yeah. It's not like he puts one on. He's like, guess who I am now? Frosty the fucking snowman? <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, it's not... That's not really how it works. So if they, if they take... He doesn't walk up, this is a magic hat. Yeah. Like... Yeah, like, I think Rose was a lot like Frosty. <laughs> she was. When you took it off. Happy birthday. <laughs> the part... Okay, hi. The part where <laughs> Abra, like, catches her, though, like, traps her. I was like, that was good. That mm-hmm. that was cinematic for me. And I was like, whoa, movie time. But she's and then, on a horse in the novel, isn't she? A horse? Uh, the hat. She's she's on a horse, isn't she? In this, in Rose the, the hat? In the novel. I what? don't remember. I don't know. I didn't read it. Okay. What? All right. I haven't read it for a while. <laughs> I haven't read I it know. at all, so I don't know. Um, I'm going to reread it. Sure. That but... scene, that whole scene seemed to set up that Abra was more powerful than mm-hmm. Rose. She is. So why would we be concerned at the end? Because... I mean, she took a bunch of vape before she did. She did like yeah. two vape pens. Yeah. <laughs> Puff bars, yeah. No, because she's still a kid and they didn't stress that enough because the, the part where Danny's like, Abra, what did you do? You know, yeah. that's so important because like she's trying to to be a hero and to help but she's getting herself in so much trouble and danny's the only one that really knows that because he lived through the overlook he knows that the shining has a dark side and she doesn't know that so she is more powerful than rose the hat but she doesn't know what she's doing 
and that's where Dan has to finally be like, okay, I'll help you. Yeah. Because she's gonna die on her own. Um, but they didn't. A lot of things. Yeah. It was like almost there. And I was like, just push it a little further, and they were like, no. No, that's <laughs> maybe not. not. Just a hint. This is the suggestion of. Yeah. The one thing I thought they overdid was I saw those ghosts way too much. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. That, the but lady from the bath. Oh, my God. She gets more screen time than some of the main characters. Yeah, she wasn't scary at all by the end of <laughs> yeah. the movie. Yeah. You felt like she was just a kind of gross roommate or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wander around nude a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Grandma, they, put your bathrobe <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she has like an important role in the book. Haha. She In that first scene when, when Danny's older... She's yeah. so important there, and it's because she leaves, like, a physical, like, imprint in the bathroom. It's so gross. It's, like, dead skin shit. But, mm. again, that, like, crossing the, like, physical versus, like, mental, like, plane Yeah, is the scary part. And they just didn't do that over and over again. No, it was too literal. They were you just know, shy of like... giving her a song and dance number. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But uh, I started thinking when this movie was almost done well at least there's nowhere to go from here <laughs> they can't and, make another one well check yeah. this i looked at i looked at the imdb page oh, for this God. and i saw that mike flanagan was uh in a deal that's in pre-production to do a movie called hellerin which oh. would be a prequel okay i'm not opposed a prequel to the shining yeah i'm not opposed to that because uh, wait I'm kind of opposed to that because <laughs> because it would be fucking stupid. Yes, but also <laughs> But the, they got a good Dick Halloran. The scary part of like the the shining, I think they just missed in this movie. So I th- I think if they really go into like the the everywhereness of it and the, like in you and the like that unknown power business, mm-hmm. that'd be cool. But I think they'd go to literal like abuse and then trauma and then powers you know mm-hmm. yeah yes but yeah that that'd be dumb well i want the... wait hear me out a okay. mini series hear me out a mini series of all the like bad happenings that happen in the overlook because 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 of the wonderful things it does exactly <laughs> <laughs> no they mention a lot of them in the in the books, mm-hmm. and then they don't really talk about them. And then at the end, you see them all kind of come together, and you're like, whoa, how'd this place get so evil? I'd like to see, like, 15-minute, 30-minute, like, segments on some of them, because I think that'd be cool. Because I love the, like, the leading up to and the history of the Overlook and Jack and what makes everything happen. Why? Well, yeah, what motivates the guy in the dog costume? <laughs> <laughs> I don't need well, backstory. For I want it though. Yeah, I, I if they're feel gonna like do backstory on Halloran, like no, give me the Overlook, please. That's the most interesting part. I want to see Dick Halloran in his heyday. That's fair. That it, would that would just be pretty about cool. Him uh, doing paintings. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's true. Or out buying paintings, <laughs> something, <laughs> decorating his pad in Miami. Yeah. Yeah, it was sad when I picked up the box he lent me and it said, the latest chapter in The Shining Story. Right, right. No. Because like, oh, they do no. set it out, they say, oh, she isn't the last of them. There's more powerful mm-hmm. ones out there. Yeah. Oh, no. Please don't. Please don't. I think they should have called The Shining too shinier. Yeah. <laughs> so, or Ready Player One The too. Shining. Ready There's The player. Shining and yes. The Shining. Really so, confuse people. There is hope, though, because... It said 
you know, when you look at the IMDb page, you see like the box office on something. Um, you know, it costs like twenty-two million to make, and then it only made like four million on top of that. So it made its money back plus like four point something million or whatever. So it it performed poorly technically, although well, it made money. Also, it came out at like the same time that Parasite did, and they just played in all the theaters at the same time. That's all I know. And because of that, everyone was like, "Oh shit, The Shining too, The Shining." Or Parasite, right? Yeah, Parasite, and everybody wants right. to see Parasite. Yeah. And that's just from talking to people, what I know. Hmm. Yeah, so I think they, that's part of it for sure. They released it the week after Halloween, which seems a little yeah. odd. And, and also, this is like, this is a sequel to a 40-year-old movie, movie from mm-hmm. 39 years before, which is like, I worked it out, it would be like if Kubrick had decided to make Curse of the Cat People in 1980. <laughs> <laughs> If, if he'd taken, like, a really famous, like, le- iconic horror movie like Cat People. Yeah. And he'd done the sequel 39 years later, I would have watched the hell out of that. Oh, hell yeah. Because it would be Kubrick. But that's the amount of time that's gone by. Yeah. It's crazy, right? I know The Shining is part of, you know, pop culture now. Everyone knows. Aesthetically, not in content. It's aesthetically part of the culture. And I think that's why it also didn't do well, is they didn't have enough of that. To like, I I think they were trying to like not ride on the back of The Shining, but because of well, that, they, they were playing it both ways, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, they wanted to have it both ways, but yeah. also like it just didn't work. They didn't commit one way or the other, and because like all my friends, like a lot of my friends haven't seen The Shining, but they know of it. They know the carpet and they know yeah. the two girls. You know, like it's aesthetically and on paper like something we all know. Oh, it's embedded for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of kids. You know, when I when I do these horror cons, there's a lot of kids walking around, you know, who are five years old or something dressed as Jason or Freddy or something. And, and some of some of the kids have seen the movies, which I find a, a, a little worrisome about the parents and their parenting style. But um, still, there are plenty of kids who know things about stuff and they could point at something and go, "Ooh, the tall man. And they'll know it's from Phantasm, which they haven't seen. Or Ravager, which yeah. you know, <laughs> when I was a lot of Phantasm Ravager fans in the in, you know in the pre K, <laughs> kindergarten and pre K. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just meant that like I was trying to get people to come see it with me, and nobody would because they hadn't seen the first one. Mm-hmm. They weren't interested mm-hmm. because it's an old movie. It's based on. They didn't read the books, or you, you know, they just didn't care because it wasn't relevant anymore. Kids, yeah. Kids today, right? Sir. Well, that's kind of how I felt watching it. it was like, yeah. This isn't really relevant. This feels like it was mid nineties. Yeah, this yeah, this could have been But they didn't yeah. buy into that enough either because then they did the whole thing where like Andy like met guys online and then killed them. And like I was like, Whoa, the time periods it's just off. Like it's just yeah. it felt like an like it was set in a different time than it was and like oh. Yeah. Have you seen the T V uh, miniseries version of The Shining? Mm You should see it. Okay. That's more faithful that. to the novel. I will do that. It's got Brian from Wings. I was going to say Stephen <laughs> Weber's in it. Yep. <laughs> it's Yeah, that's the one Stephen King cuz he didn't like how the first movie had departed from his novel and so a lot of the inspiration behind the TV movie was to do it yeah. more like the Stephen King one, which uh, uh Wait, but then did he like sanction 
the the usage of all his old of all the like uh, the he, shining he, things he in this finally movie. relented stephen king finally relented and said you know what use I, the carpet i can't i can't tell you that this isn't forever tied to my story go ahead use it i think you know i don't know what his official statement was on it if he did make an official statement but obviously he gave in how big is the check he sent yeah is it one of those big uh, publishers clearinghouse oversized checks yeah <laughs> he's like am i gonna have to rent a van to take it to the bank um, rent a van yes rent a van mm-hmm. <laughs> or call an uber but it has to be oh, it's just the idea of stephen king renting a van to take to the bank yeah you think, you think he owns a van like no probably a fleet of them yeah you know he probably (laughs) i don't don't even want to guess what stephen king owns i should just shut up um (laughs) so stephen king though uh, i would hope he would have something like that right he's got to have something morose and weird yeah you know like like something like the monsters yeah Yeah. doesn't rob zombie own the monsters coach or Dragula or one of those? Probably. Probably. We couldn't go an episode without either dropping... <laughs> yeah, we should not mention his name anymore. Yeah, it's always Hitler or Rob Zombie, goddammit. <laughs> like every episode. Or Bigfoot. <laughs> well, that's, Bigfoot. Yeah, we're just going to have to start a separate podcast for each of these things. About Bigfoot? Okay. Yeah. The man who shot Rob Zombie and Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah, the, the, oh, I tried to watch that and it was no longer free. The Hitler who killed Rob Zombie and then the Bigfoot. <laughs> All right. There. That's a movie for you. <laughs> so where could they go from here? Hopefully nowhere. Is that what we want? Just stop it already? Yeah. Don't make Halloran. Don't make don't make prequels or sequels. No. It's no. Like, don't turn The Shining into a cinematic universe. Don't turn it into the Marvel universe. Yeah, nobody wants that. No. I'd probably watch it just because I'm <laughs> devoted. Like... Uh, I'm very invested, and I always have been, because it was like the first like horror book I read, The Shining, and then it was the first like real horror movie I saw besides Scream, but I did that to myself. And so, I'm 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 invested. So if they made more, I'd begrudgingly so, go see it. If it were in the style of American Horror Story, and it was like 48 minutes to make an hour of television, yeah. And each one of those encapsulated yes. the stories it was of murder the Murder House, but Overlook. Ah, oh, I'd love that. See? Shit. Some, that's something that could have worked. And then that could have all culminated in, now we're going to tell you Danny's story after the Overlook. Um, by the way, the woman who played Wendy, I think, did a good job. Mm-hmm. I think she did a really cool job. Like She had a she lot sounds of, the same. Yeah, she sounded... The cadence. I was like, yeah. whoa. Yeah. She she nailed that and uh, the mannerisms. Mm-hmm. The, the resemblance was superficial, but the other stuff. All of it was. Yeah, but the other stuff nailed it. I thought the way she the way she put it together. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, Henry Thomas as Jack Torrance the, as the bartender. So that was so weird to find out no, it was an actor was I knew. The best moment in the whole yeah. movie for me is when because I saw his like hand right, and I was like, oh, it's the bartender and then he said something where i was like oh wait oh i was like no it's not and then just like became his father and like once he calls him on it like the third time where he's like isn't it dad and he just takes on that like persona and it's so good and like the way he delivers his lines from there and like pours his drinks i was like it's whoa yeah i don't know danny was always the strongest character in the shining you know he his his uh abilities his potential were beyond that of dick halloran um he had nothing 
he had nothing to fear as long as he kept his cool as far as Jack going after him. He could outsmart him, and he did. Mm-hmm. Um, Danny was always the most powerful person in the original story. Um, and so for him to, to face off with uh, an old demon, which would be his alcoholic father, I don't think was... You know, like asking much of him to just say, no, dad, I'm not falling for your shit. Yeah. Which, which uh, you know, he, he's he's got to know that it's it's either pictures in a book or it's not. Either way, it's not going to get the best of him. And I think he I think he handled that pretty well. So yeah, I, I like that. I like that, too. Yeah. All in all, I didn't like the movie, but I own it now. So I'll probably watch it again to yeah. try to sort myself out. Yeah. There's a director's cut on the Blu-ray as well. Is longer. Mm. That's, that's more Doctor Sleep. That's what I need. That's what I want. Yeah. As long as they're only the scenes with flies that they didn't <laughs> include. Yeah. So um, this is the part of the show where I usually ask the people on the show, "Hey, would you recommend this to uh, a horror fan? Would you reckon? Would you recommend this to non-horror fans?" Um, Will. Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Never in a hundred years. Um, Jolian. No, no. Uh, I would, I would tell horror fans, you know what? If you feel like you need to punch that part of your card, and you're gonna watch this thing to punch that, that space on the card, go ahead. There's worse things you could watch. In fact, <laughs> Amazon Prime and Netflix are full of them, right? So I feel like you just watch the Shining again. Yeah, you could just watch the Shining again. That's true. But I kind of feel like, okay, what do you got? Throw it out there. I'll watch it. Mm -hmm. That's what I did, and uh, and I knew that rather than watch Parasite. (laughs) There you go. Uh, So I felt like, all right, I'm going to go pay whatever they're charging at Target, buy the DVD, have the code for it. That way. We could pass the movie around. Everyone gets to watch it, and only one of us is the chump that spent money on it. No, I'd recommend it, but only if you are like invested in the series. Right. Series. Right, right. And I'd really recommend the book. The book is so good. There it is. But sometimes people are illiterate. It would seem. Do you think horror fans um, <laughs> are going to turn their nose up at this? Like people who uh, who like The Shining is important to them. Do you think you're going to like? have to tell somebody hey yeah dr sleep you may not want to watch it or hey yeah watch it but don't expect it to be the shining i mean i think i kind of did that yeah <laughs> like genuinely i was really excited for it and then i watched the trailer and then the like the pre-trailer trailer you know when that came out where it's just like the the wall breaking and then i watched like each little installation of the trailer and i was like this is gonna be shit isn't it <laughs> but i watched it anyway because well, i'm invested that was my fear and uh <laughs> It wasn't for lack of effort, though. Yeah. And that's the thing about it, that sometimes I have to say, well, good on you for having mm-hmm. that they much energy they for it. gave it A for effort. Yeah. But, and and yeah. It, it's just, I, I disagree with some of... I just think it was too much to try to, do, try to do that way. And I don't even know what that way was, but I think it was too much to try to do how they did it. And that made-for-television vibe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was, there was definitely something about it that felt like it compressed it. And... Mm-hmm. and uh, Oh, well, um, we live in, in the greater Denver area and we're not far from the, uh, inspiration itself, the Stanley hotel up in Estes park. I want to go so bad. And I think it's Mount hood, Oregon that has the, um, 
the the one they used for the exteriors mm, the timberline the timberline yeah we looked that up last time yeah um i think it would be cool for people who are fans of this to go visit both those places yeah i've visited one of the two and uh if i ever make it over to that part of oregon i will certainly go check out the exteriors the interiors were all sets so you don't get to ever visit those but uh but it's a world and um you know we got a representation of it that maybe Maybe we didn't need. <laughs> That's fair. Maybe it's better you construct it in your own head from reading a book. That being said, uh, Women in Horror Month, Ziggy. Um, so are you, uh, have you, have you done any um, exploration into what women have written or directed or, or done a great job of acting? Anything you could say, hey, guys? No, not really. I mean... I'm really interested in the ideas of, like, feminism in horror as, like, a theme. Right. And so I'm reading, like, Men, Women, and Chainsaws, right? Mm-hmm. Whoever's book that is, I have it to return because I got one for Christmas. You, you gave you gave her one? Because I think you gave me my copy back and Jolien gave you one to keep. Is that what happened? Oh. No, I, I lent a copy to you. It's, like, blue. You and it. No, it's no. It's got the blue no, cover. I it's not re- the red no, one. I have recreational terror. Oh, okay. That's what you're thinking. Okay, it's not the red covered one. It's It's, like, blue and there's, like, an outline of a person. Okay, because I, I have it here well, with me. Okay. In any event, um, I'm I'm reading that, and I'm interested in the roles of women in horror. Mm-hmm. Um, not really on like a literal, like historical, I guess, but more in like content. If you yes. want, if you want the deep dive on the feminist view of horror or mm-hmm. movies that are about, you know, yes, feminism. Uh, Faculty of Horror is a podcast where. Okay where uh, you will hear two women who are well-educated on these subjects talk about these things. Awesome. Yeah, so yeah. That's, that's a good one. Yeah. It's for my junior project, I'm writing like a feature-length film, and it's yeah. my main drive is the feminism and horror bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that, yeah, I find that, that really interesting. That's cool. Yeah, that cast would be an important tool okay. for this. Um, but otherwise, we will we'll be back next week. We don't know uh, for sure. Uh, if it'll be next week or the week after, but we will have Jackie who was with us on our cage match episode where we talked about a bunch of Nicholas cage movies. We'll have her Love back on the cage. show. And, uh, yeah, the, um, February has got a lot of, uh, slots in it for podcasts and then March will be because of where the, where it started and where it ends. Um, but we'll, we'll get some, some more women in horror stuff in here, but we couldn't do this. We couldn't do this movie without talking to you. And thank I'm you. honored. <laughs> thank you for returning and doing this with us. Yeah, of you're course. like the fourth podcast member here. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do we have to make a yes. like a, a five timers club jacket yeah, for her now? Something like that. <laughs> you know, the fifth beetle. Right. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Cool. Well, should we get out of here? Let's get out of here. All right, listeners. Thank you for listening. Damn it! I didn't have another one. <laughs> <laughs> hmm?